Struggle Session. I'm Leslie III. I'm Jack Allison. And today you, you asked for it. You badgered us. <laughs> you begged us. We're doing the goddamn political episode now. Sure. We're going to talk about political topics because they're so wonderful and great. You mm-hmm. got tired of us talking about the greatest mo- books, movies, <laughs> novels of all time for sure. a couple of months. You, you were right. bored with that. What's, what's going on on CNN for the last three weeks? Yeah, you know? Right. And of course, we brought on our unofficial political correspondent. Nice. Let's you make it heard, official. Hasn't been on the show since we had our very successful, I have to say, very successful live show in New York, almost sold out. Katie Halper, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. So, Katie, um, for the past few months, I personally have been a little checked out of politics. It just yeah. seems to be very especially american politics to be um very depressing sure. um, very um <laughs> very silly very farcical very yeah. hard to understand or get a grasp of or figure out what any of this has to do with me and my life mm. and i'm sure most people who are not political or otaku um feel very much the same <laughs> way so katie as the foremost uh political otaku expert um on the globe next to you know um pot save america guys right please <laughs> Just condense the past maybe two, three months of U.S. American politics. Okay. But us. can I just ask you a question first? What, yeah. when you say American politics, are you covering another, are you following another country's politics? Like, oh, yeah. Are you like, like you are with wrestling and you're like, I'm only into Japanese politics? <laughs> yeah, that's something. what I thought. <laughs> no, no, no. It's just that we're American, we're American shows. So I feel like we should focus on I say, right, American right. politics. I know not, I, I know there's a lot of Australians who are weirdly obsessed uh, with American politics. Politics, yeah. but um. <laughs> <laughs> sure, right. I'm obsessed with the uh, Australian shows, TV. Um, let's see. Well, I think uh, that one of the through lines uh, in our political climate is um, media bias. That's always something that's no matter what you can always count on that um, to be going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, MSNBC being, I mean. Basically being the what I used to reject as a false equivalency, and it is in many ways not they're a total um, they're not totally equatable, but there is to a large degree an an MSNBC serving as the liberal Fox phenomenon. Right. I would say. Right. Um, yeah, and I think that that's like really gotten heightened, like in the yeah. last few years, especially. Yeah. It's like there's something about American, uh, the like the mind of Americans that like whatever uh, uh, political party is in uh, uh, is in power, like the opposite will resort to this right. like weird kind of conspiracy mongering right. and yeah. like rumor stuff. Right. But I wish they had done that with George Bush. I feel like they didn't. Right. Um, I think what happened is like a real left kind of reared its head. Its head. And yeah. then the rubber went to the what's the the rubber to the grave? No, that's a, the, the pavement to the pavement. Yeah, yeah. Rubber, rubber hit pavement. Hit, rubber hit the, hit the road. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, that whole thing happened, and I think it really just brought a lot of stuff um, out of the woodwork. Um, right. And so, I mean, I I've been focusing a lot on media bias. I did this piece about um, Sydney Ember. Mm-hmm. And another really infuriating thing is watching. And I get, again, like you don't have to be a Bernie Sanders fan to be ups- to be disturbed by media bias. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. And you don't have to be a Bernie Sanders fan to be worried and disturbed by the fact that MSNBC has like literally a mathematical problem whenever Bernie Sanders is involved. Oh, yeah. I saw some of these posts. Uh, yeah. Every right. time they would post the poll numbers, they would like do the first. Uh, it would be like Joe Biden, number one. Yeah. Uh, then Elizabeth Warren, number three. Then Kamala Harris, right. number four. And then Bernie Sanders, and then number, number two. And then number two is below them. And then it's like <laughs> Buttigieg right under him. So it's, I mean. That's an odd choice. It's just, yeah, I know. They, they've they done that a few times with a few different polls um, where Bernie is second and they somehow put it below the higher things. They also did um, something where they, I think this was with non-white voters, actually. And the poll said that Sanders was at 27 and Biden was at 25. Lo and behold, somehow when they made the graphic for it, Biden was at 28. And Sanders was at 27. Don't know how that happened. Um, Yeah. Then you have um, someone actually pointed this out. I I would never have noticed, but they they did like a a bar graph, a graph, a chart type of thing. And they misrepresented, visually misrepresented Biden's percentage. So it was like a lot. It looked a lot bigger than it was mathematically. Oh, They like made the bar larger. Yeah, exactly. Like we, like the U.S. does with Africa. Right. Like, but the opposite. Yeah. On the map. On the map. Yeah. Like reverse, (laughs) reverse Africaing. Um, and, uh, then you have people like Harry Enton who tweeted this, uh, amazing poll. And of course he's the polls guy. He's the numbers guy. He's a former 538 guy. Um, he's now at CNN and he tweeted a poll of his own that asked who, um, his followers thought was the most likely to be the nominee. And the choices were one, Joe Biden two Elizabeth Warren, three Kamala Harris for somebody else. <laughs> oh, Jack, I saw that through you originally. Actually, Right. Yeah. You no, I, th- I thought it was very funny that Harry Enton <laughs> did a post. What did you like, say? Who do you think? I said it was like, who's going to win between like first, third and fourth. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Right. And then Harry Enton got pushback from it. And he's like, you realize that you can only have four. Cho- you only have four choices when you're doing a poll on Twitter. Yeah. So clearly yeah. one of them has to be someone else. Like, does he, is he trying to pretend that that's like a polling norm? And then um, clearly you would go with, like you said, like this is basically this election coverage has become one, three, four. Like that's the right. new. And then like eight when it gets to like Buttigieg. Buttigieg yeah. Or, right. Or Uncle Beto. Pete. and like Yeah. Just the fact these- that Beto, who, who Beto's newest thing is that he. Uh, uh, Leslie wrote a medium article acknowledging that his, uh, ancestors were slave owners oh. and like, oh, thank you. Being sorry about that, I guess. Well, it's, that's so funny because, oh, wow. um, he's rich now, right? Like he has money I know, now, right. generational wealth now. If he wanted <laughs> to do something like, about that, he really could. He I'm really like, you could. literally are holding the same money. You like right. had it handed to you. What should he do? We should give him some ideas. What What would you like to see him do with that money? Uh, give think- it to all the black neighbors and any black person who's had to pull up with his bullshit. Right. Like that, the reparation, you know, let begin at home. Like exactly. Every, think, every- think global, act local. Yes. yes. <laughs> so he, I'm sure he, you know, he has some, I, whoever he points to as like his be- black best friend right. should get like a mailie straight up. Yeah. Off the top. Blessed friend. Is that a term yet? Blessed friend. <laughs> we should do it. Already, I like posted about how Beto 
you know, Beto's like family owned slaves. And there were a few people replying to me being like, this guy wants to like call out an individual for like benefiting from slavery in America, like kind of missing the point of America. I'm like, well, like he is still like running for fucking president because yeah. of like the money he has from the slaves his family owned. Right. So I don't know. It was also funny. It's like both he and his wife's family both own slaves. Oh like, my God. Separately. Maybe there's like a joint announcement. Right. It's like, okay, slave owners. Or you something. think there's a dating app like just for app, foreign yeah. people <laughs> who have generational yeah. wealth from slavery? Yeah. What is it? It's, um, what is it? A D O S. What is it? F, um, American African, descendants uh, of slaves, so it's um, American right. descendants of slave, of slave owners. owners. Yeah, <laughs> so that would be A D O S O. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really. You can also just look at the the graduates from Harvard, right? from Harvard. Yeah, right. But back to the politics. You know, I I think that Bernie Sand. There is this obsession with portraying Sanders as in crisis. Right. Yeah. I the mean, flailing and free fall. And free like, fall. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All these headlines. And like, okay, it's, it's obviously terrible when like, um, you, you know, go, with the MSNBC versus Fox thing, what makes MSNBC dangerous is that it, they do have, speaking of intellectual snobbery, you know, Rachel Maddow is a Rhodes scholar, right? They are, not bigoted in the, in the very immediate sense of the word people. Right. So they have a real gravitas. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So they, you know, whereas Fox, I mean, especially to people on the, on the left, we all know that they're absurd. They're bigoted. Um, so I think we don't have our guard. I mean, we, our guard is up already with Fox. What's scarier is when you have these things at places like MSNBC or the New York times, which are supposed to be respectable. Um, but in terms of Sanders being, like two, you know, like two days away from from like healing over or whatever they have you believe. Um, it is one thing when you have Jennifer Rubin, who should not be allowed to show her face, um, like appear so in public, Je- let alone Jennifer oh Jennifer Rubin. Rubin. Jennifer Rubin is let's we should make up our own squad. It's called the Neocon <laughs> Squad. Let's reclaim squad and call them that. Jennifer Rubin yeah. is a terrible neocon who, if you go to Media Matters, which is the very Clintonite liberal um, media watchdog group, right? you'll find her, all these entries about her. Um, and she said, like, terrible things about Obama. She's so Islamophobic that Andrew Sullivan called her out <laughs> on it. Um, she um, is a total warmonger. She's anti-choice. I mean, she, she was on Fox News all the time, but she's been welcomed into the resistance because uh, she hates Trump. And her blog, in case you, you didn't believe me, her blog is called Right Turn. Um, <laughs> and it's at the Washington Post. So she will write piece after piece after piece about Sanders being, you know, anti-Sanders pieces. Like, right. I think she has a quota. And um, her, one of her pieces recently was like, uh, Bernie can't win. Biden can. Here's how. Or Bernie's finished. You know, now that's one right. level because like, honestly, this woman's a war criminal. Um, she wasn't officially one, but she was an aider and a better. Um, and an sure. enabler. she did like pr- free PR for them. Um, and total hawk and uh, neocon and racist um, slash the face of the resistance. Um, but she she that's one level right because she's writing op-eds 
What's really scary and disturbing is watching people who are doing straight reporting say things that are totally biased in a much more subtle, low-key way. So much like you don't have your guard up when you're watching MSNBC or, you know, reading the Times in general, you within the New York Times or within whatever outlet you're reading, you have your guard up that much less when you're reading right. someone who's just just reporting, just stating the facts. Um, right. And yes. so, I, so yeah. that brings us to right Cindy, Sydney, Sydney Ember, Ember my of, girl, my girl, Sydney Ember. Yeah. Of the New York Times. <laughs> so you wrote yeah. an article about just talking about how her coverage of uh, Bernie Sanders. I right. believe we talked on the show before um, New York Times hired um, Yamishi Alcindor, yes. who was a writer during 2016, wrote a not lot of negative pieces about Sanders. Uh, right. If you don't recognize her, you might recognize her name from the fact she was the one who asked Sanders if it was sexist for him to still be in the race up until the California prior straight up. Yeah. And she also posted like some really like anti-Semitic stuff. Oh yeah. That was great. um, From um, just like, uh, I guess a hotel in New York. It was at um, uh, the, uh, the, uh, oh my God, what's it called? The Apollo. Sorry. It was an event at the Apollo. Yeah. Yeah. And this guy was asking, was just asking questions about Bernie Sanders connection to the Jews who own everything in right. New York. Jeez, and so. me, she just, and they're still on her Twitter account. It's, yeah. it's shocking to me. Just posted these videos like, wow, really interesting um, questions being asked. Here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She, Alcindor is, um, went to this event at the Apollo that Harry Belafonte was on the stage and, and part of. It was for Bernie Sanders. And if you go to her Twitter from then, you'll see that she she has video. You just see a black man yelling. Um, and she has video of that, but you can't hear what he's saying. And she says, um, uh, community activist interrupted Sanders to ask about gentrification. Okay, that's an interesting way to describe someone who is asking about the the giant Zionists who run the world and run real estate. Um, That's what he was saying. He was like asking Bernie about his allegiances to that. So that's how she describes it. Then, as you were saying, Leslie, later on, she posts some video of that guy. John Price is his name. John Price wants to know about Bernie Sanders connections to um, the Jew uh, to Jews in real estate. Now. What's so great about what she did is that that's actually a Fox News. It used to be a Fox News move. You you go some right. say there's a whole mashup. Of right, that. right, 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 yeah, blah, blah, right. That, there's that movie out Fox. Right, exactly. Mashup of that. Yeah, right. Exactly. That's where it's from. Right. I forgot that part. OK, so you meet. So Alcindor does that basically when she's like, look at this random um, um, guy, you know, seems like a nice enough guy uh, just wanting to know about uh, Bernie Sanders connections to real estate. Um and she did the same thing when she asked Sanders, like you just brought up, Leslie. It wasn't just that she said, is it sexist? She said, what do you say to the people who yeah. say it's sexist? <laughs> very Fox News. Very, yeah, very right. Fox News. And I would have been like, what do you say to the people who say it's anti-Semitic for Hillary not to drop out? <laughs> yeah, no, no. I do want to say, you know, 
that was all in 2016. What happened after the fact was that people like Yamiche and Jamel Bowie and all these pundits who were wrong every step of the way, Matt Iglesias, <laughs> all these sure. pundits who were wrong, Nate Silver, all these pundits who were wrong, wrong for a living. every sure. step of the way during the election while you and I, uh, Katie, were screaming that, you know, San- Bernie Sanders is the only way to defeat Trump. Right. All those people got demoted silenced and learned or or you know learn their lesson admitted they were wrong and have you know you know come <laughs> into 2019 with sure. fresh faces new minds sure ready yeah, to not try down. and t- sink bernie sanders campaign right <laughs> yeah. is that what you're going to yeah. tell me yeah exactly it's well, been Leslie, a teachable been moment for all of them it was a teachable <laughs> moment sydney amber so sydney amber is what is a reporter who came to the New York Times in 2014. She came straight from BlackRock, which is an investment firm where she right. was an analyst and they're the biggest investors in coal. Um, yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, okay, so that so she comes to the New York Times from there. She starts as a business reporter. Then she gets, um, after a couple of years of that, she gets she starts doing political reporting and a year in or something is assigned to cover Bernie Sanders. Now, um, her father-in-law is the um, CEO, was the CEO of Bain. Her husband right. worked at Bain. I know it's looking very promising, oh, right? Wow. Yeah, I um, love it. And to, to be fair, I mean, I think there are people who could have those things in their background and do their jobs and maybe just like keep their hatred of Sanders on, on the down low. Right. But she was working for the Times. And so that's actually a, a, a job requirement is that you have to be able to subtly or overtly express um, your contempt for Bernie Sanders. Right. Now, and, what and, makes, and anybody no. to the left of Joe Biden, basically. Right. It's right. true. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, so what I noticed about her was that she um, did a, a couple times. And honestly, I have like 50 pages written on her because I didn't know where to go. Like there was so much material. Like she's always attributing things to ulterior motives. Like everything Sanders does is for attention. You guys remember we we famously in the history of struggle session Katie Helper collaboration we talked about Bernie's comments about um, how even terrible people should have the right to vote, even people who are locked right. up should have the right to vote. And she wrote about that and said um, that it's it was a move designed to um, appeal to criminal justice advocates, not to mention people of color who uh <laughs> who he's he's struggled with it's like wait oh, that's you're like saying a... like first of all i thought he didn't pander and that was his problem he doesn't care about black people but you're actually gonna say that right. the way he panders is to them is by taking an incredibly principled but not particularly popular unlike every other position he really pushes right and he doesn't run around with this position he was asked and the thing about sanders is he's like annoyingly honest uh, uh as you know right. Right? This is so, not something that a president is probably going to no. have to deal with in their term, to be honest. Right. And with it's you, also not nice a like, it would be. Right. And it's also just not a like a, a good talking point. So the idea that he's right. doing this to appeal to people. <laughs> um, and then Karen Finney, yeah, it's right. just bless right her heart. Um, I don't know if you guys saw this, but it's the right opinion to have. And so when they ask him, he has to right. say the right thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, did, I don't know if you saw this, by the way, Karen Finney, uh, who was a Hillary advisor, and then um, she's on CNN. She um, went after Sanders for um, catering to black voters. It's like, yeah, OK, is that I thought you wanted him to do that, first of all. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then isn't and that then <laughs> isn't that the problem? He doesn't. And then 
Uh, it's interesting because she probably meant to say pandering, but she said catering, which is like a Freudian slip. Yeah. <laughs> and then she tries to make it an unpopular position among black people because she brings up that James Byrd, who was, I mean, I don't know if you guys remember, it was an awful case of a guy who was tied to a black man tied to the back of a truck, like dragged to death. Yeah, I mean, right. Awful. She actually like used that case and weaponized that case to suggest that it's like racist to give people the right to vote because then you're like Jesus. giving people like the people who the men who dragged James oh Bird to death God. the right to vote. And, and I think right, I said the last, the last time we talked about it, I just pointed out how evil that was because this, of course, is just the this policy is designed to hurt black people right. to right. disempower right. black people and to use you know victims of racist violence um as, right. yeah. as a as a way to you know support this policy that's designed specifically right. to stop black people from voting right. is and just disproportionately like evil. disenfranchise them yeah. yeah yeah evil so um so so that's just one example of ember like you know trying to make it and it, the thing about ember is she's so bad she's a little young so like Jonathan Martin's a little better at being subtle in his hatred of Bernie Sanders. He's another journalist. Um, you guys may remember that the New York Times was caught, like absolutely busted, caught red handed, making changes to an article. Um, it's, oh, it's yeah. called stealth edits when they don't acknowledge that they changed it. They had an article that started out. This was in 2016, but I can't believe it's not a bigger story and everyone should know about it. They started an article um, when they originally put it online. It was Sanders achieved victory through legislative side doors. Then it became through legislative side doors. Sanders achieved modest victory. They, <laughs> yeah, they added. They took out an entire sentence from one of his um, advisors, um, Warren Gunnell, saying that he had been successful in his, in the way he. This is basically how it talks about how he would do. He's like the Amendment King. That's what they call him. So the way he would do things, not like, not big, although he's big, he's aggressive and bold in his ideas. He, what right. he does is like sneaks things in just for strategy, strategic reasons, like in terms of right. passing stuff. So they took that out. They all added in two negative paragraphs that just weren't there before that call him like pie in the sky. Um, you know, who doesn't have the experience to, to back this up. Yeah. And then they defended, uh, when they got caught, they defended it because they said it wasn't realistic enough. It didn't speak enough about his realistic chances. So basically they're <laughs> saying like, we made him too viable and credible sounding. So we had to right. go back in there and make him seem much less, um, mainstream and, and electable or governing, uh, able right. to govern. Um, but so what Sydney Ember does though is that one of the, her specialties is going to completely bias sources and misrepresenting them which she has to do because if you go to like a lobbyist and get a quote from a lobbyist and identify them as a lobbyist you're probably not gonna your readers may not take that very seriously or may not think that that person has a lot of credit right so i went through six, six of her sources one of them is jim kessler who is with uh third way um who, lo and behold, oh, great, doesn't like Bernie course. Sanders' health care plan, um, even though, right. you know, apparently theirs is just as robust. Um, another one was uh, Mary Marsh, Marianne Marsh, who um, constantly tweets at Bernie Sanders, like constantly tags him and is like, Bernie Sanders is not a Democrat. Hello, he's not a Democrat. Oh, oh hey, God. just coming by to talk. Like she's done it constantly. Yeah. Don't quote um, reply girls in the New York Times, people. They are not yeah. legitimate <laughs> yeah, sources. Basically, yeah, yeah, totally. Right. 
And she was a lobbyist and with like, uh, which she didn't in- include in the piece. She's so right. like, e- she, this woman like literally worked for a health co- insurance company that like tricked Good old Lord. people into coming to like night, like parties um, with bingo and door prizes and then would make them sign oh letters to God. the editor like at because Obama was trying to cancel this program because they were too oh my so basically God. To get to, so Obamacare would work it was like this private shady thing that he was trying to wow that's to get terrible canceled. that's really and, really and then when they up. were busted because some editors were like wait why do I have like a thousand letters from 87 year old people who were really impassioned about this they got busted and and Marianne Marsh is like well, I think there was just like a lot. La- they probably forgot. Like she basically tried to like, <laughs> like be ageist and, and like age shame them and pretend that they had just forgotten that they had signed these letters. Wow. And, um, now, Ember is famous for her piece on Nicaragua, on Sanders in Nicaragua. That's probably mm-hmm. something you guys remember seeing where she red baited the shit out of Sanders. Um, she wrote a piece. It was so bad that San- that Sanders Got, did an interview with her and just so people know the this the conflict in nicaragua was because the con was the contras versus the sandinistas mm-hmm. the contras were uh used terrorism as a ta- as their norm that was how they did everything they did right. they raped people they tortured people they skinned people yeah, um, and we funded them, right? And we funded them. Yes, we funded them. Reagan, yeah, we Reagan funded Reagan had to break the law to fund them and um, right. sell arms to Iran, who was our official enemy at the time. Anyway, yeah, this so, was with like Oliver North, Oliver right? North, right? Who right. is like now like running the NRA? Or yeah, exactly. Shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> at least he's not on MSNBC. I mean, there well, yeah. it could be worse, right? Yeah, so, sure. um, so they and then the Sandinistas, um. I mean, every human rights organization that wrote about it acknowledged that there wasn't because they tried to both sides them. It wasn't uh, like that at all. There, of course, there were incidents of violence. It was a war. Um, right. But they did not. Torture was not their their tactic of choice. Like that wasn't their their M.O. Th- sure. their MO yeah. So um, Sidney Ember's really great question for Bernie Sanders. You know, this is the most important thing. So the first thing she asks him when she interviews him about this is. If he had heard an anti-American chant when he went to a, a rally of <laughs> yes, 500,000 people, if he had heard it and she thinks it was here, there, um, everywhere, the Yankee will die. He kind of was like, I don't, do you understand? You know, he was trying to be polite, I think, but was <laughs> like, what the hell is wrong with you? Like, I thought he was polite. Um, and her follow up question, because she's such a good hard hitting journalist. Her follow up question <laughs> was, if you had heard it, would you have stayed at the rally? Right. So um, now one of her and one of her, the sources in the original piece, not in the interview, but the original piece that she, you know, made the interview come off of was a guy named Otto Reich. So she asked Otto Reich what he thought of Bernie Sanders um, and, you know, support sure. of the Sandinistas and opposition to the Contras. And she said that he she did admit he had worked for Reagan and helped oversee the the his policies in Nicaragua. Oh, okay. And she did it. She said that he was an emissary, you know, a, an envoy for Bush. But what she didn't mention is that he's tried to get terrorist visas. Um, wow. He was a, he's a lobbyist for Bacardi and um, not Raytheon. What's the other one? The arms people. Um, no, I'll, I'll come to it later. Um, 
And he was what he did for Reagan, the way he oversaw this policy is he was the first ever director of a now defunct um, department called the Office of Public Diplomacy. And he would go around and black, like basically try to bribe or blackmail or threaten journalists who were critical of the Contras and who were too pro Sandinista. And he spread sex rumors, sex scandal rumors about people. Um, He would like sit in on, uh, he would go to like NPR and PBS and basically like imply that they wouldn't get funding if they were um, too critical of the Contras or too pro Sandinista. They would place all these op-eds. I mean, they were just like, and they worked with like psyops people. (laughs) <laughs> like you, it's so over the top how evil they what were. What a bizarre time where this guy was just running around like because of this war, <laughs> this war so far away, like yeah. intimidating people. Like America is just a fucking mess. They had to. They just had to defeat communism. That was the right. you know. Yeah, that, well, that was the what we had to thing do. Is that Bernie, we know is that Bernie Sanders has a lot to answer for for not yes. sure being does, on yeah. the side. Of the of rapists, the nun rapers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right, right, <laughs> right. Who will speak for the nun rapists? Because it's not going to be Bernie Sanders. True. I can tell you that much. And um, so she asked, uh, asked him. You know, she, she used him as a source. She used a Hillary person as a source to say Sanders is a straight old white, an old white man. At the end sure. of the day, this woman said that Tracy Seffel is her name. She referred to her as a Democratic strategist. She's actually was with um, Ready for Hillary, the Hillary Super PAC. Okay. And uh, she forgot to mention that. This woman also was like, she's extra shady, though. She she and um, Matt Drudge would work together. Like, she would leak stuff to Matt Drudge. So he Odd. would put it on his site that would make Hillary look good and Obama look bad. That's the type Wonderful. of individual she is. And then my favorite, maybe, of all of them was this guy named Jared Ludholt, who in their awful, awful piece about um, charter schools, um, which Sanders opposed, which the NAACP, by the way, opposes. Mm-hmm. Um, she oh, interviewed... God, more yeah. catering to the black voters. I know, exactly, right. <laughs> yeah. um, so annoying. So annoying. So she interviewed um, a lobbyist. I, I mean, that's like that's so boring. She's a lobbyist for charter schools, not surprising. These people have like Betsy DeVos, speak at their things like that's how progressive <laughs> sure. these guys are um yeah but what was weird and diane ravich not to get too in the weeds but diane ravich is this he- big education expert she's like one of the mo- foremost education scholars and experts out there and she who has not endorsed sanders and has said she'll support anyone who wins the nomination um she noticed that they they quoted this guy jared ludholt um in an article at and it said, like, to sand to to a hammer, everything is a nail. And for Bernie Sanders, that's like class warfare or something. Um, basically saying, like, he was he was overthink, you know, he was putting too much importance on class in segregation because right, right, he right. made the right. So this guy, um, uh, Diane Ravitch, Googled his name because she didn't recognize him. And he was introduced as a. Um, a Democratic strategist who has worked on pol- education policy in South Carolina. She didn't recognize him. She Googled him. He's a lawyer and a lobbyist. Doesn't even right. work in education. Um, <laughs> I looked into his bio and he's um, a lobbyist for uh, National Banking Association, which um, is a black banking like lobby. And he um, lobbied 
for this bill that is so bad. It's called like the bank lobbyist bill. Elizabeth Warren tried to campaign against it. Um, it made it easier. It basically rolled back on uh, Dodd-Frank and it made it easier for banks to discriminate. You guys probably remember like um, the bank was, um, uh, I can't remember which one it was, but it called black people mud people, right? Like, Jeez. you know, when they yeah, were discriminating. The emails yeah. and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Right. right. So, so one of the things that, that Frank, that the, they had um, done was that they, they would required banks to hand over data that would reveal whether or not they were discriminating and this blocked that. And so everyone, NAACP, again, um, people were really angry and they tried to organize against it. And this guy, Jared Ludholt, who doesn't even work in education, again, that's not even his remotely his lane, um, did the like black. Bank, you know, black bankers don't have the luxury for the perfect bill. Um, oh. And yeah, I mean, anything <laughs> oh, with don't have the luxury should always be just basically know that whatever's coming after that is a lie. Right. Um, and he's like, if we were concerned that it would be bad for African-Americans, we, of course, wouldn't support it. I mean, literally no one supported it except for Doug Jones. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Big uh, racial justice warrior that he is. Um, and so. I tweeted that uh, before I wrote my piece, I tweeted out like Diane Ravage's line. I was like, he doesn't even work in education. And he writes back to me, lol, I guess you can't um, be a lobbyist and work in education. And I was like, <laughs> oh, OK, well, where, what is your education background? He's like, I've, I've I've spoken for my I've already my answer speaks for itself. Oh. <laughs> and then he blocked me. So wow. I was like, now I know for sure he doesn't do education stuff. Yeah. So let's if you have like, okay, so, okay, so let's put this in context. This was a guy quote this was a guy quoted in the New York Times and it all it took you was like Good a Google Lord. search to find out that his background as given in the story was bullshit and when you questioned right. it his response was not to you know you know present right. his credentials it was just um to be snarky to you and block you right and to be fair i i noticed this because Diane Ravitch wrote about it in yeah. her blog post cuz she's but yes that it, she googled couldn't find anything i googled i found the national banking um uh thing that he was a lobbyist for and then just by engaging him on twitter if he had been smart, he would have ignored me. But he just made the case against himself that much more strongly. But it's just a, like what the thing that trips me out is like this was an article in the New York Times. New York Times. That right. everybody reads right. and takes. Right. Credit. And, and then she said. Record. Right. And they, she said he works in education policy. Like it's not. This was the weirdest one. I guess she was really desperate and really wanted someone to slam Sanders on his charter right. school position. And didn't and probably didn't want to have two lobbyists from charter schools because he already quoted one. <laughs> so I think he, she maybe he was just she was desperate and couldn't find any. And so someone was like, "Talk to Jared. He'll pretend to be anything." I don't know. I'm just I'm just imagining. <laughs> I'm maybe sure that's one hundred percent what happened. <laughs> so Katie, the big political yeah. story this week, yeah, has been the feud between. The white um, supremacists on one side, which are Donald Trump and Nancy Pelosi, sure, right, <laughs> versus yep. um, the young uh, black and immigrant um, squad uh, congresswomen of uh, Rashida Tlaib, um, Ayanna Presley, uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, and our girl Ilhan Omar. What's going on? Why did this feud start? Ilhan Omar, yeah. 
how you know yeah. did um how yeah. like you know how afraid we, should we be of the unified white supremacist front from Pelosi <laughs> yeah, and Trump because they're very much on the same side of this oh, argument. Yeah. and really I feel kind well, of I mean Nancy Nancy got it started but Trump really took the ball and like you know really right. got all got got it like made it really really racist well, I don't know if that's it was re- only you know I don't know if that's really fair to Trump because all he was doing was defending somebody who's He's- protected him time and time again right. Nancy that's Pelosi true has said we're not going to impeach you and donald trump was just jumping in to help when they saw when he saw how under fire right, she was true. yeah uh, he's so good at this i mean he's such a good troll yeah but you know it's funny that i don't know i don't know if i feel comfortable with your assessment leslie and because i think you're really downplaying and it may be your male privilege that's getting in the way and blinding you to this but Nancy um, Pelosi is very subversive and feminist in a very oh, sure. um, hmm. um, particular way, um, yeah. which is she <laughs> claps at Donald Trump. And while that yeah. may look to you um, and everyone else, uh, except for the faux, faux resistance, the mic resistance, as not at all opposition. It, it looked like clapping, clapping to me. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it looked they, like a standing ovation yeah, during Trump's because it was. Uh, <laughs> during Trump's State yeah. of the Union. This is how delusional and how performative <laughs> these people are that they actually overtly share this as a meme, as if it is meaningful. I mean, I what what it's meaningful of is they they're just literally they are conspiracy theorists, right? Like we we know that because look uh-uh. at them on Russia stuff. But they're literally expecting people to believe that Nancy Pelosi standing up and clapping at Trump, right? Is resistance. And by the way, if you watch actually the video of it, it's only like two seconds in a longer standing ovation that she gives, which is totally normal. It looks like she gets like a cramp in her arm or something like that. It's not sarcastic. It's just giving a standing ovation. And she's smiling at him, not sarcastically. Right. Like, I think these people watch this and they hear Beyonce in the background. And like, see, also like, people see people so often only see the photos, especially on right. Twitter. And it's like there's this one frame where it like kind of looks sarcastic, but that's not reflective of what the reality was. But then that right. still becomes like that becomes the new reality. They're not going to focus on the fact that she's not effectively resisting Trump. Right. So they have right. to create. I mean. It's, well, I'm, if you stand I almost admire them. You have to like find a right. way to stand this person. Right. I almost admire them because they really have their act together. They just don't. They just they like own it. They just own it. And if they had yeah. more awareness or maybe a moral compass, they would probably be embarrassed or realize how. Yeah, no. <laughs> but it works. They just don't That's give the a thing. shit. Kind of is effective because people are such their pol- people's politics are so. Um, self-indulgent yeah. and performative yeah, but, uh, but and it's, individual based. Yeah, yeah. But getting back to this particular few, because it's kind of, oh, yeah, it's few, really yeah. dark the way this kind of started because, because I believe it's, well, it's been coming, kind of going back and forth because Pelosi has been saying these really dismissive things about these totally four women. Yeah. yeah. She says at one point, they're just four votes. They're just four women. Uh, right. and their response is no, we represent, you know, millions of people who want right. better right. politics and want Democrats to actually do some shit for them. Um, crazy thought, but yeah, that's what they, I know. And so like it got to this point where like, and the Beltway media was kind of hyping this up and letting, you know, Nancy Pelosi's staff and other high level Democratic staff <laughs> trash these women. Uh, By the way, like anonymously, anonymously, yeah, like, right, with all the right. anonymous quotes, like, which is like, 
you don't need to give anonymity to like these like staffers that work for Nancy Pelosi. I know. Like it's really weird. Like why like yeah. they're talking shit about these people that they're publicly feuding with. Why would you like AOC can't get like, but it is like, uh, it's like Pelosi's it's like chief of staff fired, saying, you know, like they're not in danger yeah, of anything. They're like, oh, you mean why they have to be anonymous? Like they're such fucking wusses that they can't yeah. even like, yeah, right. But, they can't put their name to it. but it's, it's not even just that. It's like the journalists should not be giving oh, them anonymity. Of course. That, they're worse. Right. Right. Yeah. right. Right. You're saying that there's no argument of how they have to protect them. Yeah. That's what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Right. There's no need. Oh, well, I mean, it's ridiculous. And we saw this week also Axios, um, literally published a leaked poll that people didn't that the democrats had been circulating and they published it as if it were like acceptable to do and not a very political politicized move on the part of centrist dems and democratic leadership because it's and it showed that aoc was doing badly among like white voters or something it was was very specific mm -hmm. it was like white voters of a certain age range right etc it's a very specific small kind of internal poll that showed right. uh aoc was unpopular with people who right. really like nancy pelosi right. well they've Which been feuding for, they've been feuding for months so of course yeah and uh yeah. and like nancy Pelosi's staff i know that they're not named you know specifically but i'm just gonna Sorry, say wait, it's I'm, probably nancy Pelosi's staff it them. It's, it's definitely her staff leaked this to axios who you know yeah. is a beltway public Publication. They published it as if it were, you know, just these facts coming out. Mike and Allen, Donald Politico, Trump yeah. direct, directly right. quoted <laughs> this Axios piece. It's like they are working together on this right. to try yeah. and destroy. Yeah, they are. Thing. Yeah. And, and we've talked on the show about all like the death threats Ilan Omar got right. the last time yeah. Trump was going after her. And then Nancy Pelosi this is saw from, that. like Chelsea Clinton up exactly. to Nancy Pelosi right. up to Donald Trump yeah. now. And like, yeah. it's all about just targeting. Jonathan these, like, couple, like, few like the worst women. people in the world. Right. Rashida Tlaib is Palestinian American. She deals with tons of hatred. Um, right. She's constantly called an anti-Semite. Ilan Omar deals with that too. And on top of that, she's from Somalia. She's not, wasn't born here. Um, right. I mean, people have made all these death threats against her. Ayanna Presley um, is a black and woman. AOC. More she, needs to be said. Uh, yeah, she's a black woman <laughs> who's not like who who like dropped out of school i think to take take care of her mom like she's not very she wasn't super privileged like she was not a rich woman right. either she doesn't come from a rich family um and um yeah i mean it's it's so funny because uh they just i mean this is no surprise but it's amazing to watch these people weaponize identity politics when convenient but then when yeah. it's for women of color um, all of a sudden that doesn't matter. Uh, the CBC, the Congressional Black Caucus on a related note came out, uh, a- against just, so part of this feud is also justice Dems, right? Justice Dems are the, is this, right. this group that backed, um, AOC, Rashida Tlaib, Ro Khanna, they're progressive, they primary bad Democrats. And, um, the Congressional Black Caucus, the CBC came out, uh, again, because again, the media just does PR releases basically and pretends that they're reporting. So the Hill right. had a piece that you basically sent. I mean, I think they just probably got a memo from the CBC and they just printed it as is, which um, accused the Justice Dems of going after lawmakers of color. Right. And I um, saw this. so fi- just to give people context, there are five members of Congress who um, Justice Democrats are primarying. 
They are, three of them are white. One is Latino. One is black. The people they're primarying them with, their candidates, the one they're running against the black man is a black woman. They are running a Latina woman against a Latino man. They are running a white woman against a white man and a white woman against a white woman and a black man against a white man. So it's actually the opposite of what they're saying. Um, They are not targeting people of color uh, and trying to replace them with white people. They're actually bringing more diversity. Um, Right. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, it's it's like listen to black women unless they are to the left of Hillary Clinton and Nancy Pelosi. (laughs) Please ignore them. Listen to uh, a very curated collection of black women that have a certain acceptable viewpoint. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, So So, and then, you know. They got really mad when AOC pointed out that Nancy Pelosi, by attacking them, the squad is the one actually going, <laughs> going after women of color, right. and like a lot of liberals joined the chorus of conservatives calling you know AOC you know hysterical. She's always calling everybody racist, right? Except, playing the race playing card. A race card. Like they're united. Yeah, this is what happens when identity politics go too far. Like, right. Everyone in America is suddenly fucking Ben Shapiro. Right. Like, exactly. Because right. because AOC points out that like like Nancy Pelosi, an elderly white woman, wants nothing to do. Like you know whatever. It's worth and, it's worth and, mentioning that. I and, think. And, yeah, we, and, and we didn't point out that like this feud kind of started out about like funding the concentration camps the right. real issue right. yeah, behind really. it it's not right. just about all so these all about... congress people like getting into a slap fight with each other it's about <laughs> right. a real issue like all the real concentration that camps everybody that pretended right. to care America that, right now that all these democrats pretended to care so deeply about you know a few right. weeks ago and hate so much right um, AOC actually wants to do something about it. Nancy Pelosi wants to fund them. And right. there's a fight, yeah. a real policy fight over this. And it's just turned into this mess where, you know, Pelosi basically called for backup from Donald Trump. And then only yeah. after <laughs> any game. The, ba- yeah. the lib signal or whatever, whatever that would be. Yeah, the the cavalry came. Yeah. And so, um, Trump, um, posted his very, racist tweet about how they all need to go back to their countries even though they're all americans um as american as have been americans longer uh, than his wife has for example not that not that that hypocrisy not that 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 even matters i don't even like when everyone likes to be mean to melania no i know yeah you know people uh, should be mean to melania but not but not for where she comes from. yeah not for that just because she's evil for other reasons right right yes uh, I like when Joy Reid got it wrong where she was from. That was funny. Oh, she invented um, the country. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or something like that. yeah. Um, well, so, you know, it's true. It's like whether or not this is now the thing about politics and power and the way it works is that Donald Trump and Nancy Pelosi don't have to have a signed agree- agreement or a backroom agreement or a handshake where they say, Nancy, you go after her in a not so racist way and I'm going to follow up in a really, really racist way. That way we're both going after her, but then you can call me out as a racist and look good, but we're both going right. to be going after her. Like that doesn't need to happen. That's just, it's like a, a natural selection thing. It's, it's like unsaid, an evolutionary yeah. thing, a tacit thing that people learn. Like, so that is kind of what they're, what is happening, yeah. right? You they're have someone. a little like show, a big yeah, show. Yeah, a big show. So, they, so Trump goes. Yeah. Wow. And Trump gets to so appeal everyone to... Everyone looks good to their, their people, right, pretty much. Right, right. And they are reaching across the aisle to uh, 
to smear to attack uh, for women of color. Right. And of course, they also were really mad at someone who works for AOC who went after um, Sharice Davids and and the fucking House Democrats account tweeting about like one staffer. It's like truly bizarre. Yeah. So the House Democrats, the official account of the House Democrat, the Democratic caucus, like all of them. (laughs) It's supposed to be all the Democrats. House at House Democrats (laughs) with the little verified check. All Democrats in the House. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. posted a tweet a screenshot tweet you've seen it a hundred million times on twitter where like you drag somebody with a screenshot except they this was the house democrats doing it to the chief of staff of of alexandria ocasio cortez um (laughs) they didn't even mention like who he was and who he worked for they literally said who is this guy because he was i don't want to like get into the details because it's kind of bullshit basically he was um made some tweet about sharice davis specifically criticizing her for voting for a specific bill and they basically like tried related to the border wall yeah Yeah. related to the border wall and they like tried to like imply that he's like a racist and should keep keep her name out of your mouth like what the so, oh this God, is the stop. chief. I want to know. Whatever who... straight white man tweeted that really needs to stop. No, it was a know, black guy. It was see... a black guy. No, it was a black guy. Oh, who was wow. it? oh it's a guy. Um, he t- he he tweeted. He he kind of owned. Oh, I thought it was a. I thought it was the anonymous. Like AO, I thought it was just the Dems. No, no, he yeah. no, he tweeted. This is where it gets more embarrassing because after okay. he tweeted, I forget his name is Michael something. He's he's just some square. He's interned oh, for yeah. politicians for his entire fucking life. He's just a complete fucking belt way fucking nerd he's a black guy but he's a beltway fucking nerd and he tweeted like a video from i think menaces to society where they do the drive-by and that's what how he felt when he did that tweet man he'll see oh Oh my god uh, most (laughs) uh, imaginable like really like just and this is these are the people who were supposed to, you know, be stopping fascism for us, right? Right, of course, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. Like, they, again, these people weaponized uh, identity politics so much. They, Brent Welder was the guy who ran against Sharice Davids. Um, and they all said AOC was terrible for campaigning for him. He's, he was, he's much more progressive than Sharice Davids. And, um, what, ha- the congresswoman. So what happened was, um, when um, she, uh, AOC's chief of staff tweeted um, that the uh, more sorry um, moderate Democrats who sank a more liberal aid package, uh, he compared them to new Southern Democrats. He tweeted, "They certainly seem hell bent to do black and brown women, black and brown people today, what the old Southern Democrats did in the '40s." Okay, whatever you could say that may be hyperbolic. I don't think that like. That's the uh, that deserves a scandal that someone is pointing right. out that that not supporting um, that like enabling concentration camps in the border wall is problematic for black and brown people. Um, mm-hmm. And that's what he got into uh, so much trouble for. Right. Who is this guy and why is he explicitly singling out a Native American woman of color? <laughs> it's like literally within the same thread where they're telling him stop to make. Stop making a big deal of, about race stuff. They're literally saying, mentioning that a Native American woman, uh, that her identity is rel- relevant, but the identity of the squads isn't. Too. And, and Nancy Pelosi says, the funny thing is she says such condescending things to them that if any Republican said them about her, the entire 
neoliberal pseudo feminist chorus would um <laughs> would, I mean they'd be up in arms, right? They would call him call in people misogynist for being uh dismissive and patronizing, which she is. Right. But she's like, oh, they have their public whatever. Uh you know, she she dissed the green new whatever. The green yeah, new Yeah, right. I remember that. Um said that they needed to sit down and learn. I mean, it's like the most sit down. It's basically sit down and shut up, you young right. women of color. And that's what both Nancy Pelosi and Donald Trump both said in their own, right. with right. The, you know, just with through their, their own, own right, exactly. types of brand. Yeah, you if, know? You, if you don't like it, go back to your country. Basically. If you don't like it, yeah. sit down and shut up and let right. me handle sit it. Sit down and let like right. an experienced person handle it. It's, like leave the country. basically yeah. the same right. thing. Yeah, I just want to say you know, I'm glad that Nancy Pelosi and Donald Trump are once again on the exact same uh, page about right. this. And folks... That has been your yep. political episode of Struggle Session. Katie, where can people yeah. find you? Oh, you can find me on Twitter at KT Helps. That's letter K, letter T, H-A-L-P-S. You can find my show, The Katie Helper Show, on SoundCloud and iTunes on patreon.com slash the Katie Helper Show. Um, and I'm gonna be i I'm gonna start releasing videos because I did a bunch of media for my article and uh on Ember, and people started subscribing to my YouTube channel, which really puts me puts pressure on me to actually create more videos, which is good. <laughs> All right, folks, that has been struggle session. Have a good one. Like what you hear? Want to hear more? Check us out at patreon.com slash struggle session or sesh.plus or struggle session.substack.com for all our public episodes, commercial free, as well as hundreds of bonus episodes. Thank you to all our listeners for holding us down five years strong.